Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C., and today I'm going to be talking with my friend and writer, Amanda Sowards. She's been on the show before. She was on last year. I really enjoyed talking to her. Um, I think we met in like 2004. She's so much fun because she's really articulate. She's got interesting takes. In fact, when I start getting a little doomy and gloomy, she kind of pulls me up. So that's good. I have a tendency to do that, if you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> so we had a long show today. I think it was like an hour and a half. So I'm just going to cut to the chase. Start Me Up is an independent podcast, and it is supported by listeners. And it's also woman-run. So I have no corporate backers. I do not use advertising. It's you, the patrons, who keep the show going. If you like the show today, if you enjoy it, please consider becoming a patron. Just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. You can see all the tiers. If you sign up for two bucks, you're going to get guaranteed. All the shows are going to be delivered to your email box. And if you want to decide to upgrade to the $5 tier um, at any point, you'll get that special bonus patrons-only show where I, I will either do it with Steph Walton or perhaps another guest or by myself, and they're always a little bit more personal try to be fun we try to be real like emotionally real so sometimes we cry sometimes we laugh sometimes we behave badly <laughs> but it's no fun if we're always always behaving like perfect angels and you know we always are on the free show right <laughs> anyway so um just like i said patreon.com slash start me up you can read the description you can see guests that i've had in the past i've interviewed famous people i've interviewed political pundits i've interviewed you know people who are uh, not necessarily famous but have really interesting things to say like amanda so just a good variety of people um also i want you to please Please, please, please visit iTunes and at Apple, like, please become a subscriber of this show at Apple Podcasts. It's totally free. And while you're there, you can give me a rating and a good review if you like the show. I would appreciate it. The, the whole Apple podcast thing is still a little bit um, foreign to me. But my boyfriend, Bob Seska, who also has a podcast, is like obsessed with checking the stats and everything. And he's letting me know that this show is actually doing pretty well. So I'd like to keep that going. And any interaction anybody has on the iTunes or the Apple podcast uh, site um, help the show do well. So please do that. And then last but not least, uh, you can make a one-time donation. In the description of this show, I include my email address, which is where you can send a, a PayPal donation. Occasionally people would rather do that than sign up and, and sign up for like a, a monthly thing. But like I said in the beginning, you could sign up for like two bucks, see if you like the show, if it's something for you. And then eventually you can upgrade if you want to get those bonus shows. All right. So I think that's pretty much it. You're going to hear a little bit about Miranda. Um, Cause she's, I guess she's getting better. She's my 16-year-old baby, but um, she's, she's getting better, so I think, <laughs> hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for now. Um, please enjoy my conversation with Amanda Sowards. Welcome back, Amanda. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. It's been a while. I know it has been. It's been, it sort of never worked out. We've tried to get together and it hasn't really worked out until now. So well, that's okay. You know, everyone's in quarantine, sheltering in place, so <laughs> <laughs> they're easy to find. It's, it's bizarre because I've started getting busy in quarantine and yeah. now it's starting to scare me that this is my new, this is my new normal, so. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny being in, in the sheltering in place for me. I mean, in some cases, my workload has increased, um, not terribly though i mean it, it was self-imposed increase because i'm doing 
this patrons only thing twice a month and I, I just kind of started that not too long ago. I, I should say I changed it over from before. I used to do a patrons only after each show that was just for patrons, but obviously it's patrons only. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I, I feel a little scrambled right now because I'm just... I mean, I don't know how you're going through, and I do want to find out, but it's like, init- I mean, as I've said so many times before on the show, um, for me, the sheltering in place isn't the problem. It's I'm already a homebody, and I'm, I'm used to it. For me, it's other things. It's just like the understanding of what's going on, everyday learning, new, horrid information. Uh, my father's cousin, her funeral was today. She died of COVID, and it, it ravaged her lungs, and it was awful. And I mean, just last night... I was on Twitter, or no, I'm sorry, I was on Facebook, and I got this message from one of my Facebook friends, and it just broke my heart. He said, Kimberly, my wife is dying of COVID. And I don't know this man. He just reached out to me because I'm sure he just feels so completely devastated and helpless, and he doesn't know where to turn because, we. I mean, I've never had a private conversation with him before, and I don't know him. But it's like, it's like heartbreaking. And so for me, that's the hardest part is like every day waking up, knowing I can't hug my mom, knowing I, you know, I'm going to find out that there's a new and awful way COVID is hurting us. You know, I mean, it's just like this freaking mental torture in a way. I mean, how, mm-hmm. how are you dealing with it? And what like so what do you do? And then how are you like you're working from home? How is that working for you? Well, I'm not really, well, kind of. I, I actually was laid off in November. Okay. Uh, so I've been not working since November. And because things were quiet on the job board front, mm-hmm. I sort of hunkered down and started working on my novel. Oh, okay. And um, just as things were starting to heat up, you know, finally around January, February, I started to get interest in, I wanted to go to work at Disney. And um, I work as an executive assistant in, in business affairs and legal and corporate mm-hmm. in corporate legal at studios. And just as it was starting to heat up, we had a shutdown. Yeah. Everything shut down. And so now I'm sort of hunkered in place and wondering how I'm going to. I'm still, I, I didn't apply for unemployment because I didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm applying for it. And of course, everyone's applying for mm-hmm. it. So I'm still waiting to hear. It's wow. like, so the pro- even in California, yeah. which is usually pretty efficient, the right. process has been pretty slow. Wow. <clears throat> but if I, but I have to tell you, in the last week, because I think I touched on this in the last week, recruiters have started reaching out to me last week and a half. Mm-hmm. Recruiters have started reaching out to me like crazy for the first time wow. in, since we started this in March. Well, that's good. And it is. It is. <laughs> but, they're for, but they're for on-site employment. Oh, I see. And oh. so, you know, it's for, and so basically what I have said to the recruiters, and the recruiters have been very understanding in mm-hmm. their defense. I said, I'm not going back mm-hmm. unless conditions are covid you know covid reasonable right and what i'm getting from employer like the recruiters are understanding but i feel like employers are kind of like meh we're done it's over every toss off your masks and like i thought like i even as late as a week ago i was like yeah you know i would be fine opening up on a limited basis in a cautious way you know being responsible still maintaining social distancing wearing our masks yes you know, and nobody is doing that. I know. It's like, seriously, they're like kids on frickin' spring break. I know. That's what's so, yes, it's fucking maddening because it's like, I don't understand how people can't just look at the numbers and recognize that 
basically as a country, the numbers are going up and they're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, it's opening up. Let's just pretend everything's fine. You know, I don't understand that. It's like, why, why? I mean, it's not like we were fucking in prison. We were in our homes watching Netflix. We could, we had food and, and, and hot water and telephones and the internet and Jesus Christ, there's so much fucking, I mean, you, there's so much to do. And I, you know, I'm a person who's a homebody. So for me, mm-hmm. it's easy. I totally get that somebody who is like Mr. or Miss outside, you know, always wanting to go to parties and, and socialites and all that. I get that it's tough, especially when you're young. You know, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. wondered like how I would fare in the, when I was in my 20s. I mean, I still was a homebody. But I, I went out a lot more, obviously, and I, I, I think this would have been harder for me when I was younger. But I still would have understood that, you know, I might fucking die. So maybe I'll just not, you know, go to that bar or whatever it is. And it's, it's just so mad. I mean, it's not even a bar. It's those like Karens who go to the grocery store and make these big fusses about how they don't want to wear a mask because they're of their liberty right. and shit. Right. <laughs> oh, well, you know, and it's interesting because it's like, I go to the grocery store a couple of times a week. I gotta buy meat. I gotta yeah. buy stuff that's perishable. I go and I have cat. You know, I have cats. Yeah. I have to go get cat. Well, I don't have to go get cat food. But you know, if I can't get a chewy delivery in time, I yeah. have to go get cat food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, so I ha- and everyone has been, you know, everyone that I've been dealing with, and I feel. What I feel for is people who work at Petco and PetSmart. Yeah. You know, they're considered essential employees. They have to keep the store open. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful to them mm-hmm. for doing it. But you know they're not making yeah. above minimum wage right. if they're making minimum wage. Yeah. So it's like... And I they're probably being treated like shit. <laughs> exactly. By by the Karens. By the Karens. By, the Karens by, and, by bosses and the who are yeah. assholes. By Karen customers. Exactly. You know, it's just... They're putting up with so much. And, you know, this COVID, I, I read this somewhere. It's like COVID didn't ruin our country. COVID exposed the issues, the problems that we have. And, yes, it did. I mean, right. I, think, I think some of us were already aware. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's, it's showing now that there are so many holes that we need to repair, that we need to um, address. And I just, I just hope that, you know, I mean, I was, God, I don't, did you see that Pier 1 is closing down permanently? Is it really? Yeah. Now, wow. that fucking devastated me. And it was weird because it's like I've been hearing people are dying. And, I mean, I've cried. I cried when my dad's cousin died. My mom cried. And my mom hasn't seen her for, I don't know, 50 years. I think the last time I saw her, I was 24. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't close to her. But I cried because it's awful. It was, it was just awful. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't even describe to you this feeling I got. When, when I heard Pier 1 is closing, now they were already not doing well. They were, they were going to shut down about 50% of their stores, but COVID did them in. And so, but it's right. like, the, it's not that the store is closing down that bothers me. I mean, I, I, I rarely would shop at Pier 1. It's what, I think what it did to me was it, it represents everything is going to change. And no matter what we think today at this moment, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like a year or two years from now. There are going to be such drastic changes and that there's opportunity in those changes. Like we could do some really positive things and I hope that we do, but it's Mm -hmm. like what, you know, we all have this vision of what our lives were going to be like. And I mean, I'm 50, I'll be 52 in July. So it's like, all right. So I'm in this time of my life and 
I'm, you know, I'm not, obviously it's not retirement age because I would like to do this podcast as long as I can. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like the idea of growing older and what your, your senior years are going to look like. I mean, it's all up in the air now. You know, I mean, I don't know what to even, I, I, like in five years, are we going to all be just going to restaurants like we used to? How is that mm-hmm. going to, like, what's going to happen? Because somebody was talking about an endemic and, and the idea of COVID never going away. I had said something like, right. said that to my mom and she said, well, in that case, what we might have is yearly vaccines um, as right. opposed to, you know, a vaccine that just oblit- obliterates it from the start. But um, I mean, I don't know, like how, how, what do you think? What are you thinking about that? Or are you? Well, I mean, I mean, polio is endemic, uh, you know, uh, uh, measles is endemic, chickenpox is endemic, and we have ways of coping. We we have vaccines for those. Now, the the difference is coronavirus, uh, apparently, and I'm, I, God knows, no scientific expert, (laughs) but my understanding is that there has never been a fully successful COVID vaccine. Your mother, I mean, the reason we get annual flu shots is because uh, flu is a retrovirus. Right. It, it mutates. Mm-hmm. And they suspect that that this, this coronavirus will do the same thing. Mm. They can already start tracking, using RNA tracking, where, you know, where your particular uh, COVID infection came from, like they did with HIV. Yeah. Here's the difference. If they hadn't dismantled the epidemic... Yeah response team Mm -hmm. if they hadn't treated this like it was no big deal this would be a whole different ball game yeah it's bad now because of the we have no leadership Mm -hmm. because basically we're dealing with uh 50 different countries and that's what you have to look at the united states as 50 different countries with 50 different presidents right now gavin newsom is our president right you know and so I, that's how I see it. Yeah. So that's why every country is, I mean, every state is dealing with it differently and every state is on the rise mm-hmm. or, or no, not necessarily. I didn't mean to say it that way. Every state is, has different rise rates, different right. infection yeah. rates. But my problem is, is that uh, news broadcast is national and there are people who, even if they're not Trump supporters, this is the part that's killing me. Yeah, I know. Even if they're not Trump supporters, they're... Uh, totally all up in, you know, in this whole, oh, let's toss off the masks and yes. be on our way. I'm like, seriously? People, yeah. are you not paying attention? Yeah. But, you know, it's because people are edgy. Here's here's the thing, too. Is everything that you say is correct about, like, for me, I um, a lot of it is how we've handled it. I got tested on May 7th. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for my test results. Wow. Haven't gotten them yet. I don't think. I mean, I've looked everywhere. I can't find them. They say they say if it's positive, they'll text you. If it's negative, they'll email you. I haven't gotten an email, and I haven't gotten a text. So, you know, what if I'm positive? I'm right. out there walking around. I'm hoping I'm negative, and that's why they're sort of hanging on to the results. But, the, you know, I haven't hugged my daughter yeah. and my grandson in two months. I know. I'm, I'm desperate to see them. And, you know, at this point, we're at a point where we're almost ready to go fuck it and just see each other. Yeah. You know, um, my grandson, they've been isolated for two months. I've been isolated for two months. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gotten sick. So. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I have the same issue because I have I've seen my mom two times 
the first time I brought her some canned goods and I don't know, a couple other things. And we stood in her garage and this was probably like in early May. And I, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, early March. And we were practicing social, social distancing and everything. And then I saw her the day before Mother's Day because uh, Bob had ordered some toilet paper and I figured I'd just bring some up to her. The, the big Mother's Day present, toilet paper. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I wasn't there for very long and we didn't hug. And, you know, I mean, I, I freaking moved to Maryland so that I could be closer to my mom. I, 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 you know, both my mom and I long for California. I can't say, you know, I, I think that if I were to go back, I would start very quickly remembering what I didn't like about it. But I mean, I think you mm-hmm. can say that about wherever you live. It's not to say that I don't think the DC area is superior to California. Um, there are, there are good parts about the DC area. I, I, one thing that I fucking hate more than anything is the oppressive humidity. I, I, it, it makes me so angry, but I, I really love the fall and the winter. I love, love that. So it's like, okay, that, you know, right now we're heading into five brutal fucking months and I'll just have to suck it up. But um, you know, the, as soon as you start seeing the leaves turn and then like that first day of fall when it just switches over and it's permanent, it's like, I, I, I revel in it. I just, it's like, I'm a dog in the mud. I'm just so excited and mm-hmm. so happy, but it, you know, I mean, it, I don't even remember why I just got, got off into this. Like I do miss California though, because it's like, um, but anyway, I think that's what my point was that I moved from California, a state that. Oh my God! I I just I, I had a love hate relationship, but it was more Los Angeles than California. Mm-hmm. Like Los Angeles yeah. disgusts me. I lived in Glendale, and I was a- away from, you know, I hated L.A. proper. It's it can be beautiful, mm-hmm. and there's some really great restaurants and stuff like that. But it's like it's just, ugh. and um, <laughs> you know that town. No, no, I, I do. I live here. Yeah. I mean, this is where I live, and I live in North Hollywood, and I grew up here. This is my town. So believe me, no one knows better, <laughs> you know, about about the failings and the. I'm, I'm grateful now yeah. that I live here. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. And um, I'm also I've been pretty lucky so far, you know, um, in terms of just you know how things have panned out during the during this shutdown. Yeah. Um, and I also um, feel like. I have I have had a certain limited contact with I'm I shortly before this all started I ended up being named the treasurer of my church. Oh, wow. So I have to go in like once or twice a week into the office mm-hmm. to do stuff. So I have a little bit of, even though we're sitting more than 6 feet apart and yelling at each other across <laughs> the in two different offices, but I feel like I have a little bit of human contact which yeah. has been made made life a little bit bearable. Right. But But you know what? Here's the thing. I think part of it, too, is that you're being told that you can't. Yeah. You know, because I I suddenly find I can't write right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I can't concentrate long enough to write. Mm -hmm. So that's not healthy. You know, it's not really, it's not good for me. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy. But I honestly, if my unemployment comes through, I'm just hunkering down and I'm I'm just going to decide to say mm-hmm. if the if I can just get unemployment and uh, I, I, I these people are nuts until we figure out mm-hmm. how we're gonna handle this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I you know, it's, and it's true because you know, you know, because the only people I've personally lost, I haven't lost to COVID mm-hmm. during this time, but you know, there are no. I've lost them to other things, mm-hmm. and there are no funerals. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are no memorial services, and we're all waiting to get out of this before we can have them. But you know that when you, how you deal with grief is that you all come together mm-hmm. and you hold each other up. Yeah. And Zoom is great, but it has you know it doesn't take the place of having somebody put their arms around. You. Right. And you know, and we lost Shannon, fortunately, before all of this started. Yeah. Didn't I didn't know about it until I think a month or about. You, you told me, and then your mom told me, like, a couple of hours later. Yeah. So, um, and, we, and she was an elderly friend of ours. Yeah. And fortunately, she missed all of this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. it, it just, when I hear about, like, your, your friend whose wife is dying yeah. or people who, my friend in Virginia lost her mother and her sister in the same nursing home to COVID. Oh, my God. Uh, within days of each other. Um. And it, it's just, it's crazy. We're pre- like, there's a whole half of the country that's pretending like this isn't. Yeah, that that's what's so frustrating. And it's like the, like, I want to see my mom. And, you know, I do spend, I try to go to her house maybe every other month or something like that and just go on a Sunday, have dinner with her, spend the night, watch some, you know, movies or whatever, and then come home on Monday morning. And, Obviously, I can't do that now, and it's just upsetting to me because my mom's in her 70s, and it's like I want to be able to see her. I mean, I talk to her every day, but I talk to her every day before that. So it's it, now mm-hmm. it's like she's lone, you know, got a lonely existence. I mean, I think about my boyfriend's father, and he's 80-something, and unfortunately, he does watch Fox News. But um, he's not a stupid man, though, so that's, that's what's the most frustrating. It's like he's not one of those yokels who's just, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't know anything. He's a smart guy. Um, he headed a government agency actually back in the day. So the dude is smart. And, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, he was very, he's very social and works out literally. He, he works out like six or seven days a week doing step aerobics and, and Zumba. And he, he goes to his church and he's very involved in his church. He teaches little or, you know, coaches little league. And I mean, I can't even imagine what it must be like for him. I mean, my mom, like me, is also a homebody. I mean, she does. She has a writers group that she goes to that she can't do that anymore. She was just starting to, you know, have dinner with some people at the in the writers group, like branching out and forming a, a social group, and and all that has stopped. But I mean, I think of Bob's dad, and it's like, oh my God, he must be going stir crazy because his whole life was, you know, right. he he was very regimented. He is very regimented, and he, he was very social. So I imagine mm-hmm. what's going to wind up happening, and, and I fear for him, because once things open up, I think he's just going to listen to Fox. And Fox right. is going to tell him, don't worry about masks. And, you know, I mean, it's like I, I fear the news for all these people, and it's like you're exactly right. We're watching um, half the country just throw caution to the wind and maybe it's just because they don't realize it and that I keep saying that we do not have one centralized news source that we can all point to and say yes I trust this news source I trust this anchor or whatever we no longer have that we don't have the fairness doctrine anymore and so Mm -hmm. there there's so much different information coming from I mean whoever you know I mean if you've got a that you I, I see people on Facebook posting blogs I've never heard of. And when mm-hmm. I click on them, it's like, who the fuck is right? I don't know who's writing this. 
You know, and mm-hmm. so it's like it just could be. It's just like I fucking sit at home and and write my blog posts. Who am I? Like you said, I'm no expert. <laughs> what do, what do I fucking know? I can just I can just give my opinion. But people are acting like these bloggers, and they did this in 2016. I remember there was this one guy on some news program admitting that he was telling lies about Hillary for profit. And then when Trump won, he was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that because he was a freaking Democrat. Right. But he took money. And so it's like, so there are all these news sources out there that are just, you know, bloggers in their fucking pajamas and, you know, whatever. And I, I see people posting things because they like the message as opposed to it being true. Oh, I like this. This is telling me mm-hmm. I can go out without a mask, so I'm going to post this. Or, and and right. the, the rationalization of here's why we don't need masks and then like the unbelievable, unbelievable contortions they're going into to, to make it so. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, listen to the experts and listen to the doctors. Just because some states right now don't have overflowing hospitals, that doesn't mean we won't. And I absolutely think we're going to see a huge surge. And it's, it's so hard for me to, you know, remain positive because as i've mentioned on this show of course in the last couple weeks several times i mean my my cat is in an iffy state right now i i don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on she's you know i've been uh, dealing with a she had a bowel blockage and so i've been dealing with that and it's like she's still not behaving as she normally would she sits upright and like this morning for instance when i woke up uh bob always gets up extra early on on wednesdays because he does stephanie miller so you know, my alarm went off a little later. I'm alone and she's nowhere to be found. And so I get up, I go to the bathroom, I come out. There she is. She's like, hi, mama. So she's she's mm-hmm. happy to be here. And she's but it's like she last night she went to the litter box and and nothing came out. And I could hear her struggling. You know, I could hear her trying to mm-hmm. push. And so um, plus she's losing weight. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. She's- I mean, I've talked to the vet, so I'm just, I'm just trying to do all these different things. So it's like, I've got this issue with my cat and then I get messages from strangers online that want to talk and that say their spouses are dying, you know, and, and, you know, just uh, my own people in my own family. And, you know, I mean, there's all these things and it's like, it's so stressful for me. I mean, not for me, but for everybody, but it's just, it's so difficult. And then like you say, when you see half the country just saying, fuck you masks, I feel like what what what's going to become of us? What's going to happen? Well, you know, I, I have a friend who's a she uh, actually runs a, a author program at Wright State University in Ohio, and she and I FaceTimed recently after she had a two-hour Zoom meeting with uh, I guess it was the sort of the collective of like her uh, voice teacher. She teaches voice performance, opera performance. So uh, they're dealing, what they're dealing with is, you know, when you sing opera, your mouth is wide open mm-hmm. and shit be pouring out, you know, <laughs> there's no way to not have that happen. Mm-hmm. And basically this whole two hour Zoom meeting was essentially saying live performance is dead. Opera is dead. It'll never be performed live again. Just get used to it. Your program is over. Your college, you know, your everything you worked for to build this college program for our performance is over. Get over it. Like they mm. pre- presented wow. two hours worth of problems and no solutions. Wow. So of course 
she FaceTimes with me on gin and tonic number three. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, I get it. I totally get it. But I don't believe that that's true. Yeah. Okay. What people are telling us right now, I don't believe is largely true. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying that we should toss off the masks right now. I don't believe that our, I believe our future is going to look different. Here's what I also believe. I have a theory and I am saying this publicly so we can make a note and see if it's true okay i believe that this rush to open up isn't just about the economy i think what's happening is the powers that be are beginning to realize that we are changing Mm -hmm. i don't know about you but i haven't had a single person that i know or love on zoom on facetime on phone calls say anything about not being able to buy a new car Mm -hmm. not being able to buy a new table not being able to uh you know Go out and buy a new house. Mm-hmm. They're talking about hugging their loved ones. Right. They're talking about seeing their loved ones. We are changing as a people. Mm-hmm. And also, this idea of work, 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 yeah. work, work, we're getting away from that. Mm-hmm. And it, the longer that we stay here, mm-hmm. locked down. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The hard the harder it's going to be to go to back to that. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, their worker bee mentality, where they get us to work, mm-hmm. they take our tax money, and mm-hmm. then they do shit with it by mm-hmm. giving it, like, what they just did, where they pay, they bailed out oil companies mm-hmm. behind our backs with billions of dollars just now, this past two days. <sighs> um, they won't be able to do that anymore because that's not going to be yeah. that's not going to be a situation. They're going to have to bail us out. Yeah, the, the money is there. If they right. can bail out the oil companies, they can bail us out. Yeah, and they don't want that to be the case. They like it the way that it was. Yeah. They liked us buying shit. They mm-hmm. liked us being concerned about doing nothing but working ourselves into the grave. Yeah, and people are beginning to realize that they don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. and I have heard. So many people, both online and uh, like in podcasts, and say, you know, I mean, the first couple of weeks, I was like, I should be doing something. I should be doing something. And now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I'm like reading a whole book, which I haven't done. <laughs> yeah. In, in, and it's like really because that's where we're. I think that's where we're going, Kimberly. It, I think it's a good point. there will be a new normal. Mm-hmm. I think it will look very different. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the job market's going to do. I yeah. really don't. I mean, I really do have to get back to writing that damn book because apparently more people are reading than ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that things are really going to be different But it, because we're going to be different. Mm-hmm. We are going to be different. Yeah, and you know what? I, that makes a lot of sense. And I was, you know, it's, it's it's funny too because my mother and I both write, or I do podcasts, and it has been harder for me to write. I've been, I struggle with the writing, like the blog posts, because I I keep thinking, okay, I don't even know. You know, one of the subjects I talk about is body image, and right now it's like I just don't fucking care to write about it. I don't care. And the other thing is, is like, <laughs> what am I going to write about that isn't a fucking downer? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, before this all happened, you could you could have the same problems because with Trump and all that. But, you know, right. there was a way to kind of um, write about the outrage or be outraged about something and get people's interest. And and I don't necessarily mean um, what's the word? I, I don't I don't when I say outrage, like uh, there's a lot of outrage blog posts out there and 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 Uh there are outrage blog posts for a number of reasons number one there is outrage number two in this very crowded field 
of, you know, read my blog post and read my blog post, you want to get people's attention. So uh -huh. you're looking for that hook that you can get people to read your words. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, going back to what you were saying outside of, yeah, it's hard to write for me, too. Just it's, I, I've been having, like, what do I write that isn't saying what everyone else is saying? Excuse me. <laughs> and, um, uh -huh. you know, and that isn't um, such a fucking downer because my head is going to downer places. It's like I uh -huh. keep, like, thinking all these negative things because I turn around and some other horrible thing comes down my feet. Um, mm -hmm. but I feel like, like what you were saying, you know, my mom sometimes says, I just don't feel like doing anything. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I get that. I feel like there's this, even though my, my schedule, my work schedule really has not changed. And in some cases it's amped up. There is this part of me that just wants to lay in bed and stare at the wall, you know, because mm -hmm. I just, I feel like, uh, uh, you know, like I've been zombified, but I do know that. You know, the idea is, okay, 17%, I think the, the news came out yesterday, it was 70% um, fewer carbon emissions or something like that going into the, I, I, I might be getting that wrong, but but the, the air is cleaning up, it, it, you know, mm -hmm. drastically. And I think that, you know, it, it would really be cool if businesses could set it up where, you know, if you can work from home, set it up so you can work from home or work from home three days a week or work from home every Friday or whatever it is. So that well, our, you know, Twitter's, huh. Twitter's done that. Twitter has said basically that what they've discovered is they work quite efficiently with their employees working from home. And if employees choose to work from home after this is over, they're prepared to set that up. And, and people have started talking about going on a, what they call a 410 work week, uh, four, yeah. four days a week, 10 hours a day. Right. Um, so where we get three days off a week, uh, you know, which has proven to be a pretty successful work schedule where you keep people off the roads mm -hmm. for a day. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm game with that. Yeah. yeah you know, there's I usually definitely, work 10 hours a day anyway. So yeah, there's definitely um, positive opportunity that we could take advantage of. And then, you know, I mean, somebody wrote a blog post a while back and it was like, get, you know, get ready for the return to normal sales pitch where everything is back to bullshit, you know, back to right. corporations making money and, and it's going to come from the left and the right. And it's, it's going to come from, you know, um, whether it's politicians or corporations because they just care about the bottom line. And so mm -hmm. obviously that, you know, there will be, you know, look for that, whether it's advertisements or however they're going to work it. And I agree, but it's like mm -hmm. once, you know, we opened Pandora's box now, People understand right. that they can work from home. It's like you're saying, you know, there's this whole switch in the mentality of, of the American worker now. Although we are at a point, I think this is what's going to happen. We're at this point where, okay, like you're saying, okay, we're going to open up. And the goal here is because they want those worker bees back to working. Um, now, what's going to happen, though, when all of a sudden in September and October, we have huge spikes that are way worse than we're experiencing now? You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to fucking do? I guess each state, like you said, each governor is going to have to make that call. And, and we'll find out. And I guess, and I'm hoping, that some of these people who are throwing caution to the wind, I don't want anybody to die, but people are going to die. People are going to get sick and die. And, and they're going to get sick in ways that, you know, some people will, will survive it and, and be just fine. But, you know, there are other people who will have permanent lung damage. There's that actor who lost his leg because he had a blood clot. There are people who are going to have strokes. Mm -hmm. So it's like more and more Americans are going to recognize the danger of this, of this 
virus. And maybe hopefully they'll take it more seriously at that point. I don't know. Because we are really learning how Americans can be ugly. And unfortunately, I think it's just because, uh, you know, I go back to getting rid of the fairness doctrine, Fox News, right-wing toxic agenda, and constantly defunding education. And so you have this electorate that is just entitled and not informed. And so, you know, what is that? That's what happens when something like this occurs. You get this, this huge group of of people who just don't get it. They just don't get it. They don't want to get it. Right. Well, and you know, that's, I mean, that's sort of, I don't know if that's ever going to change. (laughs) I don't even know if it's because I, I remember back when I was a kid and there was the fairness doctrine, even then, you know, my, my father politically was still an idiot. I mean, so I love my dad dearly, and he was a smart, smart guy. But politically, right. my dad was, he was kind of, you know, a racist and a misogynist, and he yeah. believed what he believed, and he just felt that, you know, he felt that uh, basically what he, his motto, what, what was it, um, if, you know, uh, if you're a Democrat, uh, what is it, if you're a Democrat, if you're in your 20s and you're not a Democrat, you're an idiot. Uh, if you're a you know, by the time you're in your 30s and you have stuff, that's when you become a Republican. Right, and that right. was my dad. Yeah. Like, he was all bohemian and a Democrat because he <laughs> wanted a free handout. Right. But then when he became a Republican and he actually, I mean, when he became a, a working person and he had yeah. to actually pay taxes, he became a Republican. Whatever right. the thing. I can't remember. There's well, and Republicans are definitely a different animal than they were back in the, you know, back when your dad was 30. <laughs> so This is true. This is true. We're probably going to actually have a conversation with a Republican. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, it's like, and we talked about, you and I talked about this extensively, why even, I was going to say, we started, it didn't start with Trump. It started with Bush. Yeah. Why people were like, I don't understand why we, I can't support Bush and you can't support Democrats and we can't be friends. Well, because when you've supported Bush and Cheney, you've adopted a, a, a political statement, a political position mm-hmm. that is so inhumane mm-hmm. as to be somebody I just don't want to be friends with. Yeah. And that's just how that works out. Right. It's not that, you know, it's not that, oh, we're, we're breaking up over politics. We're breaking up because politics is personal. Mm-hmm. Politics is always personal. Mm-hmm. And if you've adopted a political stance that is the complete antithesis of everything I believe in yeah. as a human being, as a woman, as a Christian, as a, you know, as a humanitarian, then I can't be your friend. Yeah. And this is especially true now. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it's like uh, I, I, I voted for Trump because my family's Republican and we all vote Republican. Right. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> no. Right. You know, I, I'm sorry because that's basically like you're a grown up now. And it's time for you to start thinking for yourself. We've yeah. always voted Republican. We'll do something a little different. Change it up a, a little, you yeah. know. And it, it's just—it's frustrating to me because I have ended friendships. I've so have people I. People on Facebook that were my close friends. Me too. Um, there are people in my family that are kind of teetering on it. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard. That's the hardest. I mean, I have a Trump loving aunt, and it's funny because we were talking one day, and you know, she was growing up. She was just my loving aunt, and mm-hmm. I, I remember she'd always make pancakes for me in the shapes of things like Mickey Mouse or whatever. And you know, we would take walks to the grocery store, and you know, she she was just like we would have our time, and 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 she was a good loving aunt, 
and actually mm-hmm. used to laugh at the Birchers, the John Birch Society, with my mom. They would laugh at how mm-hmm. stupid they were. But, uh, you know, over the years, she started listening to Rush Limbaugh and all that stuff. So, And she said to me, we were on the phone, and I can't remember what we were talking about. And she knows that I'm liberal. But, I, you know, I mean, I just basically emphasized, you know, well, I'm a liberal. And she's like, well, I'm a conservative, which I knew. But I just thought, well, then why do you like Trump? <laughs> I mean, it's like if you're if you're a true conservative, why would you like him? You know, it's like uh, I don't get it. But yeah, I mean, that's the hardest part with family is because here I have this aunt who's been extremely generous with me, and I genuinely love her, and she loves mm-hmm. me. You know, I mean, she cares about me, and um, you know, it's difficult because we're at we have you know I'm able to not talk to her about politics unless it's something we can agree on. If there's you mm-hmm. know some issue, we and I'm pretty good at that. You know, I, I will not poke her if she, you know, there was one time I said to her, um, it was, I think it was in 2012. And I asked her of the Republicans running against Obama, who would you like to see be the nominee? And so she started going off on Obama and I kept telling her, I don't want to, I'm asking you what, you know, and I I was talking loud and I'm like, I'm asking Mm -hmm. you who you support on the Republican party. And she just wouldn't. Finally, I like screamed. I wasn't screaming at her, but Mm -hmm. I screamed my point so loud. And I said, I am not doing this. You need to stop. (laughs) And so she stopped. And I just said, I just want to know. I said, I don't want to argue with you about Obama. Um, and we'll never, there will never be uh, like, oh, I see point between the two of us. We're, we're always going to be at odds on this. So let's just agree to disagree. And I'm just curious to read, you know, who, you know, get a read on who you're for. I know she was for Ted Cruz <laughs> at the time. I don't know who she, um, you know, after oh, Trump, no. I, I don't know who she no, was. No, <laughs> that means you have to give her up for adoption now. That's so sad. It was like, oh, my God. But she's a tea party. She likes the tea party. So, you know, Ted Cruz did it for her. I don't know why, but he did. So, okay, I, that's all I wanted to know. I did not want to fight with her about Ted Cruz. I just wanted to see where she was. And, um, but that took a long time. To, that, see, that's the thing is the, road, the, the path to that answer mm-hmm. took way too long. Yeah. And that's, I think, where we're at now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you talked about how uh, the COVID didn't uh, – COVID only showed us who we really yeah. were, I think the same thing was true of uh, Obama's election. It's like we yes. knew that there – you know, it wasn't like uh, Obama's election invented racism. Right, exactly. It's just that it stripped away the veneer, that yeah. pleasant veneer that we had that we weren't racist. Right. Well, I'm not racist or anything, but, but you know, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know what? I wanted to ask you about this, um, even though this is old news from yesterday, (laughs) which is like five years ago. Um, I'm sure. Did you see? Okay, first of all, Nancy Pelosi was talking about Trump taking. How do you say Hydra? I can never pronounce this word. Hydrochloroquine or something. Chloroquine, yeah, something like that. So anyway, she's, she's, she was talking about that, I think, to Chris Hayes. And so she mentioned that he was, um, she said, especially at his weight, because he's morbidly mm-hmm. obese. And then what wound up happening was people on Twitter, because I just want to state that I don't think, I mean, it was Nancy digging on Trump. We all know mm-hmm. that. Without a doubt, she was basically saying, you know, you're morbidly obese. Um, fuck you. But mm-hmm. because you're telling everyone that you're not. But and we have eyes and we can see that you are not in in good shape. But I didn't get the feeling that she was specifically shaming him. But then I did see people online 
like like there was President Plump hashtag. There was there was a bunch, and so I, so there was the camp online that was saying you should not fat shame anybody, and then there was the camp that was just saying fuck you, President Plump, and. Mm-hmm. I have said before on podcasts that I felt like Trump was kind of the anomaly where I mm-hmm. I will make fun of him for anything. It doesn't really matter because he's just such a terrible person. But on the other hand, I can, you know, there there's a guy that I'm friends with who is probably one of the sweetest men that's ever lived and he is morbidly obese. He's very very heavy. He's on a diet right now and I and I do hope mm-hmm. that he's able to get rid of that weight because it's just it's he's very heavy. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, he said, you know, it's amazing to see all these liberals justifying, um, you know, this whole fat shaming thing. And so somebody, uh, you know, somebody was talking to me and long story short, I said, well, okay, here's how I can look at it, too. I've dealt with acne and I've dealt with body image issues my whole life, but specifically with acne. If I hear somebody say pizza face or, you know, Mm -hmm. some really horrible thing about somebody who has acne, I can't help but feel insecure. It's, a, it's not right. a choice. It's just, I feel like I can't do anything about my acne. And, you know, I mean, I, fortunately, I've been able to, as I've gotten older, it's lessened. But, um, but still, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's humiliating. And I don't have any control over it. And, you know, I mean, in, in the case of an obese person, yeah, they can eat less, but it's, it's not so simple. It's not like you can right. just decide one day everything's no, going to be different. It's genetic. A lot of There's it is genetics. Genetic. I mean, it's genetic Sometimes well, it's medication. Like, for instance, I think uh, Kathleen Turner has rheumatoid, ar- rheumatoid arthritis. And right. I think that medications that she's on cause her to gain weight. Kristen Johnston, the actress, has talked about the fact that, you know, she's gained weight from, from it might even be that drug, but she has lupus. And so, right. you know, medication is the reason why she's heavier than she used to be. But I mean, like, where do you stand on this issue? Well, I'm morbidly obese. As somebody who is, in fact, morbidly obese, I will tell you um, that it is it's a constant struggle. And it is. And there's also two issues we're dealing with here. What Nancy Pelosi actually said mm-hmm. and how Twitter responded to it. Yes. Um I don't believe she was fat shaming him. I believe she was. It was a dig because he set himself up as some kind of medical exactly. icon. Yes. I'm taking hydrochloroquine <laughs> and I'm going to be fine. And she was basically like, "No, you're a risk group. <laughs> yeah. Knock it the fuck off." Right. Um, but then Twitter reacted to it in the way that Twitter always does in their in their Twitter bullying way, and mm-hmm. obviously that's horrible. And I completely disapprove of it. Mm-hmm. But I, there's nothing we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if liberals are doing that, they should knock that shit off. <laughs> if, it's one thing to report on what she says, mm-hmm. because what she said was, I believe, I mean, the truth is, I'm morbidly obese. You don't have to be a doctor to diagnose that. If I showed you a picture of what I look like now, especially post-quarantine, <laughs> she'd be going, oh, girl, you need to address that like now, because that's a bad thing. It is. It's a health issue. Yeah. Um, and I would not be out there promoting myself as as the uh, the poster boy for of health, for um, good taking health. hydrochloroquine yeah. and, you know, taking care of myself. She's not. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was setting himself up to be. And yes. she cut him down for it. And I think she was right to do it. Yeah. She was right to point out he's a risk. He's not an example. He's a risk group, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, it's one thing. If, if you say Kimberly has acne, that's a fact. Kimberly has a pizza face is meant to humiliate me. So I think there, exactly. is, there is a difference. I mean, nobody should feel that stating fact is shaming. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, and interestingly, right. I think that the, my, my father's cousin was also obese and the doctor mm-hmm. had said, um, that because she was obese, she was more at risk. Now I have never heard that before. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but, um, you know, I mean, that's a fact. It's not a shame if, if it's true. Now, I don't know. This was coming from one doctor. Again, it's not something right. I've ever heard. Um, but let's just say it's true. It would be fact. It's not, it's not something that's meant to shame. And I, you know, I mean, no. there was a blog post yeah. that I wrote a couple of years ago that chicks on the right who I despise... Mm-hmm. I despise these women. Um, they, it used to be just a duo. Now they've branched out. They have a radio show and they have these, they call them chicklets because that's so cute. But they um, have these younger girls who are basically writing the blogs. And then the two women who are approximately my age are, are doing radio so- show, like a literal radio show and podcast. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, they, are, they would take pictures together. You know, they're both blonde and they're both nice looking women and they would and one of them is super giggly and they would just, you know, they're best friends. And so they would do photo shoots and they'd be they'd have their arms wrapped around each other. They're both married with children and families and all that. But so mm-hmm. liberals would go to their page and call them lesbians. And it's like, what? And, and I know they were because I, I would know some of these people. You know, I would be friends with them on my Facebook page and I might say something about chicks on the right and then I'd see they would run over there and call them lesbians. And it's like, really? What the fuck yeah. is your problem? It's like, liberals are supposed to be the tolerant group who just doesn't, you know, has no problems and believes the LGBT community should, should just have every right as everybody else and be treated just as, you know, as fair and as whatever as, as, as any heterosexual white person, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, right. um, and, and, and then they're using the term lesbian as an insult. I just, that right. makes me so fucking angry because it's like, look, we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. But when you do this, they can showcase you and say, look at the tolerant left and they're mm-hmm. right. And it's just, they're, you know, I mean, it's just the same thing. There was somebody who I can't disclose who they are, but this person votes uh, for Democrats and mm-hmm. and had said something to a family member while I happened to be around about um, how did how is this said? I don't even want to give away the gender, but this person said, do you want to be this person was scolding their child and said, do you want to be like the black kids or something like that? And mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa. I mean, my mind, uh, I, I, my, my head almost blew apart because I thought, oh, mm-hmm. my God, you're, you're fucking racist and you don't even know it. You, you think that because you're a Democrat that you're not racist. But what this mm-hmm. person said was so incredibly racist and it was just it was unfucking believable. And it's like I wish that, you know, liberals would be mindful when it comes to, you know, I mean, it's like I, I do stay away from fat shaming him. And the mm-hmm. reason I would want to is because he lies about his health. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not because, I, because he's fat and I want to shame him for being fat. What I want to shame him for is lying about who he is and, and, and you know, his weight. It's like, we all can see, dude, you're out of shape. And, and you're well, eating McDonald's all the time, so you're not right. healthy. Well, I and, mean, you know, it's like when you were talking about the acne thing, it would be different if you like set yourself up as some kind of icon for proper skincare and you had acne at the same time. Yeah. 
And right, we exactly. call you out for that yes. because you're not who you're pretending to be. Exactly. And that's what I think is the issue of all of that. But the other part of it, too, is, you know, this is where the whole thing with Bill Maher and his use of the N-word, his banding about the N-word, this idea that liberals have that because they're liberal, they get to break all the rules. No. You know, well, <laughs> I can be a bully. Yeah. I can say racist things. Mm-hmm. I can use the N word, even though I'm a white dude, mm-hmm. because um, because I'm liberal and everybody mm-hmm. knows I'm a liberal. N- no, there's no pass. There's no, no. hall pass for that. No, you don't get isn't. a hall pass to be an asshole. <laughs> there's no asshole hall pass. Okay, so um, and we don't. None of us have it. And that's not to say that we aren't assholes. We just don't get a passport. Right. We just have to understand that there's going to be consequences mm-hmm. if we choose to engage in assholey ask Polish behavior and what they did what they took when they took Pelosi's comment and they turned it into a bullying Mm -hmm. mechanism they became assholes yes and we became assholes because we associate you know we if we don't call them out on that Mm -hmm. we become assholes but I don't have a problem with her saying that he's that basically what she was saying was he's not he's not a an example he's he's in a risk group yeah and and in the same way uh, as hey folks don't drink bleach, you know, um, she's basically saying you can't trust this man because right. he's not who. He, first of all, I don't believe he's taking hydrochloroquine. Me I neither. believe that's a lie. Me personally. too. Um, and, so he's lying, but he's uh, you know. And her point was she was basically, and I saw it. She was like, yeah, she was kind of blowing him off. Yeah. I mean, he was like, yeah, whatever. He's it reminded like, yeah, me of he's with it reminded me of when she was doing that clap. You know, when she was, oh, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Or like when she was ripping up his speech, it was just, it was just her way of going, "fuck you, Trump." And yeah. I mean, she was stating fact. But but she You're was not still getting me, and I don't have to listen to anything you say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's that's one of the things I absolutely fucking love about Nancy Pelosi. Um, I also want to. Uh, I also did you see that Kellyanne Conway said that Biden is going to choose a woman VP because he wants to get laid? Did you fucking see this? I absolutely did not. But it doesn't surprise me. I didn't. I missed. Surprise. I don't know how I managed to miss that, but thank God I did. Because honestly, the top of my head would have blown off. But the off. thing, you know, what drives me crazy about this, um, George Conway. Okay, so George Conway is her husband, and mm-hmm. he is part of the Lincoln Project, which you know is the Never Trumper crew, who is put. They're putting out mm-hmm. great ads. I'm not. I'm not a big. The only Never Trumper that I can kind of stomach is Joe Walsh because he's been mm-hmm. on the show twice. And even though I completely disagree with him when it comes to, you know, political ideology, the guy Mm -hmm. does not attack Democrats. I've seen maybe not George Conway per se, but like with Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt and a bunch of them, they've criticized Pelosi. They've criticized the Democrats, especially Rick Wilson. And, you know, I think that once this all goes back to normal, like fingers crossed, we have Biden, we have a Democratic control, I think these people are going to immediately start going after Democrats again. And so I don't really trust them. I don't think Joe Walsh is going to, um, he's not a Democrat, and he doesn't pretend to mm-hmm. be a Democrat. And, and it was funny, because I asked him on the last, the last time he was here, I said, I imagine one day you're probably going to run again. And if you do run again, how has this, has, has this experienced 
uh, changed you in that you will be more tolerant when it comes to working with the left. And, you know, he said, oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I would hope, f I think he's telling the truth. I don't think mm -hmm. he's lying. I think that he recognizes that he, and he's admitted he helped, like, for instance, uh, what's his name, Rick Wilson or Steve Schmidt, they will never admit that they are part of the reason we have Trump as president. Joe Walsh admits it. So I respect mm -hmm. that. He has stood up for Obama. He, he was going to vote for Bernie if, Boney, if Bernie were the nominee. It, it did, mm -hmm. He didn't care. I think he would have voted for Tulsi. He would have voted. I, I, I can't even imagine voting for Tulsi, but I guess she's better than Trump. But it was like he's all in. He recognizes this danger and he's all in. But it's like I look at George Conway and I feel like he's such a fraud to me because he's married to this woman who's taking money to lie to the American people. And, you know, I mean, I've heard some people say, well, he has his own money, but they're fucking married. It's not like right. she has her own money and buys her own home and everything that goes into her home and he has his own. They're married and they have children. So it's fucking shared income. So while he's busily, you know, the only thing I wonder is like, is she just a big fat fraud? And well, she is. But is there some reason that we're unaware of? Like she, I don't know, she's feeding things to him. I don't know. Because she's have, ruining the fucking country. No she's part of the no ruin. Idea. I don't understand them. And it's like people say, well, their relationship is none of our business. It's like, well, it's none of our business what their personal private relationship is, but they're both political people and they're both vocal about politics. So obviously if they're married, then we're left to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being married to somebody in the Trump administration and like spouting yeah. out bullshit like she does all the time. Alternative facts. Well, I mean, I just basically said I couldn't stand to be Facebook friends with somebody who was a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how their, what their dinner table looks like, I can't even imagine, unless there's something. You know, there have been conspiracy theories spouted off about what the two of them are up to. Yeah. Um, whatever that is, some of them have been basically pure self-interest between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And then some of it has been that they're on some kind of holy crusade mission right. that's going to bring down Trump or yeah. whatever. Um, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine being sitting across the table from somebody who so vehemently on Twitter spouts off in direct opposition to everything you claim to believe. Yeah. And then saying, hey, honey, pass the potatoes. I, I, <laughs> I don't, don't get it. Get that, you know. Um, but it, he, it is, I mean, to be honest with you, whatever comes out of it comes out of it. The truth is everything comes out of her mouth is so freaking ridiculous. It is. It's but just but, but the thing is, is there's people out there who fun. take it. Like there's people who huh? accept it. You know, I mean, you and I can sit there and say it's ridiculous, and people who listen to this podcast can say it. But then, you know, there are people out there who listen to her and go, "Yeah, yeah, Joe Biden's just eighty-year-old Joe Biden's just looking to get laid. Like there's no other options. He's got to hire. He's got to choose a woman as a vice president because he can't. There's no other women that he could mm -hmm. get. Like like does. Does the 80-year-old man really want to get laid? Is that his first priority? I don't think so. It's just the things that she says is so egregious. But there are people in this country who will go, yeah, he's just, mm -hmm. he just wants to get laid. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, you know, I have to say, though, it's interesting because the whole Tom Reed thing, you know, have gotten to the point where, like, before her story was even vetted, and, and again, 
I, this is a violation on so many levels, her story, mm-hmm. because she, you know, the, the story was never vetted, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, what she's, it, it changed constantly. Yes. Where she said it happened, she made it sound like it was some deep, dark basement. Well, right. the basement, crowded. Uh, the basement of the, of the Senate or the, oh, my, my mind is going, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's yeah, basically, know. it's a thoroughfare. Yes. It's how people get from one building to another. Yeah. And it's, constantly policed and it's constantly crowded so for her to say that it happened there is ridiculous Mm -hmm. and and everyone who knows anything about washington knows it Mm -hmm. you know and also people were saying hey you know i know that that didn't happen when she said it happened because i was with her or i was with him Mm -hmm. or whatever people have discounted the story over and over but because tara reed said it we have to believe her Mm -hmm. You know, hashtag believe women. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, until the evidence shows you otherwise. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, you listen to women, but don't just take what they say as carte blanche. Right. The truth is, you know, she's her attorney is a Trump is yes. a Trump avid Trump supporter. You know, this is like this gets us to the whole. You know, we were talking about the whole uh, Norma McCordy thing and being paid, right, right, yeah, by the right to too. say she was anti-abortion, right. You know, and I can't. I'm actually looking forward to seeing this documentary. Yeah, me second, too, because I find her to be a fascinating specimen. Norma McCordy, she's Jane Roe. Yes, uh, Roe v. Wade, and um, she's. She came out towards the end of her life and said that she was paid mm-hmm. by the right by anti-abortion groups to say that she was anti-abortion. Yeah, and she was lying. Um, right, and I think this similar something similar is happening with Tara Reid. I think she's been enticed into expanding the story that started out. Oh, he tucked, you know, he rubbed my shoulders inappropriately and made me feel uncomfortable. To oh, now it's full-blown rape. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know what's interesting to me is initially. Her her main issue, and this was, I'm not discounting what she said about him touching her, but um, her big issue with him was that he specifically wanted her to work this event and serve drinks and made a comment about how she had nice legs. And I know that, like, if that were me and I were and mm-hmm. I was in her position and I wanted to be taken seriously, if, if somebody said that to me, I would be fucking furious. It's sexist mm-hmm. and it's awful. And, and I, I, I imagine, like, for instance, when, you know, she sa- there's that tape that came out that um, uh, Larry King, uh, the, the, supposedly that it was her mother called Larry King and said, didn't, it, didn't say who she was, didn't mention Tara, didn't even mention Biden. And her whole thing was, yes, my daughter experi- experienced sexual harassment. Um, mm-hmm. and where do you go other than the press to talk about it? Um, what? my daughter chose not to out of respect for the Senator. Okay. Well, when you're raped, you don't have respect for the person you rape. Now I get that somebody, you know, somebody brought up the point like Harvey Weinstein, there were women who said nice things about Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. after he raped them. But this is a different situation. This is somebody's mother coming mm-hmm. on and not identifying anybody not saying mm-hmm. oh my daughter tara reed really respects joe biden it was all anonymous everybody was anonymous so therefore mm-hmm. she could be a hundred percent truthful about what's happening i imagine that the people who lied about you know harvey weinstein being some great guy there was a reason they were doing it and it's not because mm-hmm. they were indoctr- 
indoctrinated into some kind of cult where they actually did love him or, you know, they were afraid. They were afraid to speak out. So they said nice things. In this case, there was no fear because it wasn't Tara. Supposedly it was her mother. And so that made me wonder about, okay, we all know Joe is handsy. There are plenty of fucking pictures to prove it. He's done it with Al Franken. So the dude is handsy. Um, Mm -hmm. If he touched her, he touched her. I would believe it in a heartbeat. Um, Mm -hmm. but But I do think that at least the initial anger came from him, you know, just saying, I want you to serve drinks because you have nice legs. And, and I would not blame her for being angry with that. But obviously, mm-hmm. as you said, the story's changed. I guess she, she, there's a thing that came out today that said she lied to CNN about the school she went to, she, that, she had a, um, that she graduated and that she taught. Evidently, that was a lie. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I've also seen fem- like high-profile feminists defending her and saying, you know, oh, well, we can't take you like one thing doesn't have to do with another. Yes, it does because it's about character, and that's the only thing we have to go on. We can never prove this. We can never prove it mm-hmm. did or didn't happen. So we have to go on character, and and how mm-hmm. people you know over the years what people have done. She's a, she's accused all kinds of people of sexually assaulting her, and the the sexual assault that she's describing was written. You know, her father wrote this book, and it's and that same thing was in the book about digital mm-hmm. rape pushed against a wall and digital rape, except for in the book, it turned into um, sex, you know, that they both mm-hmm. wanted consensual sex. But, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it certainly raises an eyebrow. It doesn't prove anything, but it makes you go, hmm, that's another well, thing that doesn't fit. Especially when she says where it happened, when it happened, mm-hmm. like at the time that it happened. There would have yeah. been hundreds of people moving yeah. through those corridors at the time she said it happened. It would be very difficult. I'm not saying it would be impossible. I'm saying it would be very, very difficult yeah. for her to actually have had that happen without anybody witnessing it. Yeah, I mean, if you've and ever also, been there, it's always crowded. Right. And also, when you're talking about character, you're also talking about Biden's character. Do yes. I believe that he made an inappropriate comment about mm-hmm. a woman's leg? Oh, of course. kind of, I do. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yes. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because dudes. I know. Dudes, man, that's just who they are. And I'm not saying it's acceptable. It is unacceptable, period, end of conversation. Yeah. But it's a far cry from digitally raping somebody in a, in a crowded yeah. corridor. Well, and it's also uh, 1993, so when you you go back to that period of time and, and understand how people, and I've said this before on the show, but it's like, what was accepted 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago is no longer accepted, but you can't go back and, and expect people to behave in 1993, the, you know, you can't. It's not a time machine where we can go back. This is what was accepted then. It may not have been accepted in such a way that everybody would have applauded Joe for doing that. Uh, I I imagine some people might say something to him in private or whatever, but just generally what was accepted 20 years ago is no longer accepted now. We cannot go back and rewrite Mm -hmm. history. That's the way it was. It wasn't right, right. but it was the way it was. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it goes back to that whole... um, there was the breakfast club and Molly Ringwald talked about, you know, watching that with her daughter and how uncomfortable it was because Judd Nelson has put, had put her, his like head between her knees under the desk and all of that. And, and, um, and it was kind of the boys, boys are boys mentality that still exists, but now mm-hmm. it's met with a lot more, um, you know, people are like, no, we don't accept that. Where before yeah. it was accepted. You'd say boys will be boys. I mean, Jesus Christ, the movie 16 candles, 
the 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 popular dude's girlfriend is drunk and passed out, and he says, "I could violate her all different kind of ways." Uh, if I wanted mm-hmm. to. So he he just casually joked about raping her while she was passed out. And then he literally hands her off to this 14-year-old boy and says, have mm-hmm. fun. Go rape her if you want. That's what he said. Right. And no one blinked. No one batted an eye. No one said, oh, my God, this is rape. No one. And so mm-hmm. it's like that movie would not be made today. And if, if it were made, I think it would be made through a different lens. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, but it's like that was what was accepted. And so, you know, we can't beat Joe up for shit that was accepted back in the day when he when he wasn't raping people. And I'm not talking about this allegation. I'm just talking about the handsy shit. You know, he's just right. he's just he's a dude who is filled with gaffes. He always has been. He comes with his own, you know, set of problems. I didn't think he was going to become the nominee, but here he is. So this is who we got. But, yeah, I, I, right. I think that especially when you look at this through um, the lens of Russia attacking us and specifically working in Trump's favor, it's so fascinating to me that, you know, you got the Ukraine situation going. That didn't work. And then, and then you have the primary. And for two states, Bernie's in the, in the lead and everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we get to South Carolina and it's evident that he's not going to make it. And then, however, I think, you know, I think it was, I do believe that it was an, on March 25th, it was clear that Bernie ha- no longer had that path. And I think her story dropped on March 27th. So mm-hmm. why didn't her story drop when Joe Biden announced he was running? Right. And, and she kept tweeting TikTok, Joe, TikTok. Like, I've got secrets that are coming out. I'm holding on. It just looks bad. It looks, and it's like, I hate being that woman who's going to doubt, but I'm sorry. She has, she has given us so much to doubt. Her story has changed, and it's not just that it's evolved and added on to. It has literally changed, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it no longer, there's no longer, I've, you know, it's like I, I've said where if I was in a court of law and I had her story to look at and everything else, I can't, I don't have enough evidence to convict him. There's just no. not enough. Well, and, and her story changed. If you take out his side of it, her story changed to the point where it stopped being credible. Yes. The story itself just stopped being credible. And she just kept tagging on. Oh, well, if you don't believe that. Right. Well, maybe you'll believe. Well, I forgot to tell you. There was this other part that <laughs> I forgot to tell you about. Yeah, that's the ticket, you know. Yeah. It's like, dude, you know, just stop. Just stop. You know, you've had your 15 minutes. Well, that's it. it. It's like Ukraine didn't work. And now there's this Mm -hmm. and there's this Russian disinformation thing. And her other lawyer, one lawyer donated X amount. I don't know how much to Trump campaign, 50,000, whatever it was. But her other lawyer lawyer wrote for Sputnik, which is a Russian, you know, uh, blog or whatever website. So, like, I'm sorry. It just and then and then who did she go to? She went to Matt Taibbi's podcast partner. Matt Taibbi lived in Russia for a long ass time and became mm-hmm. a Bernie bro all of a sudden. And so it's like, mm-hmm. well, I just don't trust. Uh, th- and it was the Bernie bro, and and it's not Bernie supporter. It was the Bernie bro side that mm-hmm. kind of latched onto this because, mm-hmm. for instance, there's a woman I know who's a fierce Bernie supporter. Uh, fierce. Mm-hmm. She's a very good woman. And she thinks this Tara Reid story is full of shit. And I say mm-hmm. good woman, I know her because I've worked with her. And she doesn't always like what I say about Bernie. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she, but, and she loves Bernie and she desperately wanted him to be the nominee. But it's like she still says, no, I don't believe Tara Reid. 
So it, so uh-huh. I'm specifically talking about the the unhinged left that has just lost their fucking minds. And it's like one of the things they're doing right now is they're going after Amy McGrath because there there is, I guess, a more progressive uh, person running against Mitch McConnell in Kentucky, which, hey, man, if that guy were to win, that'd be fucking great. I would love to see a progressive, but it's Kentucky. You know, and and what they're doing is they're Thank tearing you. they're tearing Amy McGrath down as opposed to just holding up their progressive guy, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's maddening because it's like I see people going after Joe Manchin now I don't really like Joe Manchin very much, but Democrats in West Virginia keep voting him in they are in a very right. red state and and people say well he only votes with the Democrats forty percent of the time well you know what forty percent is better than zero I'll take the forty percent. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who, yes. it's, it's, it's the fucking West Virginians who are deciding it. It's not Californians. It's not Marylanders. Well, and this is the, I have had this argument multiple times with people about Joe Manchin. It's like, if it's not Joe Manchin, it's a Republican. A hundred percent of the time they're going to be voting yes. with the president. At least Joe Manchin gives us 40%. Yeah. That's better and the fact is, he caucuses with the Democrats, and yes. it doesn't matter that he votes sometimes for, you know, most of the time, or even more than 50% of the time with the Republicans. The truth is, it, it's better, it's like you said, it's better than nothing. Right. You have to take, this is what my, my issue with, it's one of the reasons why I sort of stopped following the Young Turks and all the mm-hmm. aggressive progressives and all that bullshit is because I really believe that they had a direct hand in getting Trump elected. So do I. I um, yeah, and they won't see it. No, they won't. I mean, they really won't. Like, there's no way that Jimmy Dore and Jen Uger are going to admit that they had any mm-hmm. hand in getting Trump elected. Yeah. But they did. Mm-hmm. Bernie, or, Ber- Bernie or Bust was their big battle cry in yeah. 2016. Yeah. Well, it was Bust. Right. It was bust. This is what bust looks like. We're in bust right now. And it's because, you know, when you put the dog behind the wheel of the car, when you invite the horse into the hospital, as John... (laughs) I know, and I love him. We have a horse in the hospital. (laughs) And, you know, that's what we're at. That's what we're dealing with now, you know. And it's like, we have to stop listening to those people. And the truth is, I think they've hurt their cause more than helped it, because... I think people, I think Democrats are really starting, even progressive Democrats are really starting to realize that, you know, my mother was as left-wing as they come. <laughs> and even she, and I, I thank God every day that I was raised by a super left-wing woman, mm-hmm. even she realized, you know, you just have to understand that everyone's not going to think the way that you think. Yeah. Politics is about compromise. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be about compromise because everyone doesn't think the way you think. And yeah. we live in a democracy or we live in a democratic republic mm-hmm. where people make compromises. They reach across the aisle. Mm-hmm. They compromise on things. They get a little of what they want and you give them a little of what, you know, yeah. you know, you give on what you want and they give on what they want. Right. Somewhere in the middle is where you meet. Yeah. And that middle is what people like Jen Uger, people like Jimmy Dore, people who are on the progressive left hate. Mm-hmm. They can't stand the fact that it's going to end up in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's not that everybody politically is in the middle. It's that that's where you end up mm-hmm. when you finish with the negotiation. Yes. Any negotiation, whether you're negotiating yeah. a new contract or whatever. Yeah. And it, that's what makes America America. I'm yeah. sorry if you don't like it. <laughs> Go live somewhere else. You know, hell, Denmark is as left as they come. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Best of luck to you. And I just don't understand. You know, oh, what was I going to say? There was, um, oh, oh, you know, Bob and I were talking about um, Norma McCorvey, who was Roe, mm-hmm. Jane Roe. And mm-hmm. he was saying, you know, it just goes to show you now, she, he's always saying people like, um, what's her name? Um, she's the, the African-American geo, Candace Owens. Um, mm-hmm. she is just fucking vile. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, Bob said, you know, you look at somebody like her or Jack, uh, I'm not going to say his name right now. Perso, how do you say his name? So I can't, I can't remember his name cause I never fucking follow him. I think he blocked me, but a whole bunch of these people whole, like whether it's Tommy Laren or any of these people, it's like, they don't really believe what they say. They're just being paid to spread a narrative. And they don't right. care. And it's like, you look at this, now we understand that, and like Elise Hogue had tweeted that Norman McCorvey had a very troubled life. Uh, she was exploited from a far-right agenda and deeply immoral ways. The, the architects of the anti-choice mo- movement depended on these kinds of strategies to weaponize abortion and access, uh, abortion access and stop social progress. Now, obviously, somebody like Candace Owens wasn't necessarily this... Um, trouble i don't know what her life was i don't i can't say she had mm-hmm. a troubled life or not but she was for sale so she right. she's you know these groups purchase you know you can have like a pack or whatever whatever they are i don't know republican groups they can say hey you know push this narrative and make x amount of dollars you know i wonder about some of these quote unquote progressives um who i will not name but they're going after democrats and trashing them and it's like look of course democrats have problems but you know i, I keep going back to the the elizabeth warren strategy because she what she'll do is she'll she'll offer a solution that she's like okay here's you know how we can improve Congress. Here's how we can improve the party. Whatever it is, here's the solution. She doesn't point mm-hmm. her fingers and say Democrats are terrible, Democrats are corporatists, Democrats are the worst, and they're just as bad as Republicans. She just basically address. Of course, there's problems. There's problems within the Democratic Party. There's problems in Congress because it's no, there's nothing perfect about what anything we're doing. But no. um, so there's nothing wrong with recognizing the problems. But instead of just yelling and screaming and trying to shoot down the people who are you know able to help um i think it's like i think it's better to offer those possible solutions and that way it keeps everything positive we all know there are issues that need to be solved but here's the solution or, or how can we come up with this like figuring it out but what they're doing what this far left crowd is doing is and they don't realize it i think they're also being played by the russian trolls the russian trolls send mm-hmm. out a bunch of shit and they go yeah 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 because it fits into their personal narrative and you know and and they are bringing down um the democratic party and it's like it, it i i totally agree with you they are a huge part of why trump won and like they're the thing they're the ones that kind of tipped it and mm-hmm. it's like it just drives me crazy because I feel like, why can't you just like your candidate and push up, you know, like bolster your candidate? Why do you have to, like, they're going after Amy McGrath. Why are they mm-hmm. doing that? And, and so perhaps there is, let's say, whether it was GOP money, because obviously GOP money, it was Christian right money that got Norma McCorvey to say that she was anti-abortion. But let's just mm-hmm. say it's like a Russian thing whether it's Russians or GOP, whatever, it doesn't matter. Cause to me, they're basically the same now anyway. But um, mm-hmm. 
So they could they could put together a group that's called, you know, Progressive PAC 2020. And mm-hmm. then Progressive PAC 2020 has an American that reaches out to, you know, Miss, Mr. or Miss Progressive on Twitter who has a large Twitter following and goes, hey, you want to you mm-hmm. want to push these great progressive ideas and make money, too. And they don't even fucking realize what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the, the, like the key giveaways, I think, are people who constantly retweet themselves. And, yes, I am talking about somebody specific, but people who constantly retweet go back to fucking November. They're, they're retweeting and regurgitating tweets. And also people who, when you interview them or when they're on a podcast, will say, oh, you know what? I wrote something down about this. That's happened to mm-hmm. me when I interviewed somebody specifically who was progressive. And, and, and initially, I thought, oh, oh, this isn't that great. This person came prepared. But then I started thinking mm-hmm. about it later when, when they became kind of unhinged. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, they had written down prepared things to say on a podcast. I've never done that. I mean, I've definitely had my eggs in a row if I know I'm going to be interviewed about a certain thing. So yeah, I, but, but I heard it more than once on not only my podcast, but other podcasts. So it's like, Hmm, you just wonder some of these people who have very, very high profiles on Twitter and who are doing damage to the democratic party while they're calling themselves liberal or progressive or whatever. It's like, Hmm, whether they know it or not, they are actually doing, they're, they're helping Vladimir Putin. They're just helping because his whole goal is to fuck us over. He wants to be the big, the big, you know, um, superpower of the world. And so he wants nothing more than to see our country devastated. And anybody who helps him with that, whether they are, you know, winning or not winning, they're doing, they're doing the job for him. And it's just, it's so upsetting. It's just like, Jesus Christ, this whole fucking election is so stressful. And I just hope that everybody who's listening Please recognize that if we get everything we want, if we get a blue Congress and Joe Biden, it is not over. You know, it's funny because because mm-hmm. Bob had said to me, OK, so if this happens, do you think people are going to still be paying attention? And I said, oh, fucking hell, yeah, because, you know, the Republicans are going to be steaming. Ang- I mean, remember how they behaved when Obama, you know, won? Oh, oh God, yeah. And, and this is like my prediction. I predict that Joe Biden will step down midterm and. um Part of that reason is because, because I th- and I know some people would agree would disagree with me on this, and that's fine because I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just this is a theory I have, but I feel like he's going to choose a woman, and so we all know how hard it is for women in this country to get ahead, and especially mm-hmm. to get you know a nomination or win the presidency. So, whoever it is he's going to choose is going to likely run in 2024. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think the understanding would be there, look, for the long run, for the Democratic Party, we have to make sure voters feel very comfortable with a woman. And so I look at Joe Biden's age, and I look at, you know, the fact he doesn't, I don't believe he has dementia or anything, but yeah, he's getting older, and we we can all tell. And, you know, it's going to be really fucking hard to, to deal with this country you know, after Trump, there's, I mean, can you imagine, can you fucking imagine walking into the Oval Office, how much they're going to have to do? So, you know, I mean, a young person would have a hard time. So somebody who's like 80 years old, it's a lot, it's a fucking lot. And so it's like, here's the thing too. I want you to think about, forget about just walking in the way things are. Can you imagine between November 4th? Oh my God. 
and January yes. 20, January 19th, yeah. what's going to happen to this country. I know. What Mitch McConnell, what Donald Trump are going to do to this country yeah. between the 4th of November, 2020, yeah. and January 19th, yeah. 2021. It's going to be a nightmare. Brace yourself. Batten down the hatches. Yes, totally. It's going to be a nightmare. We will only have a handful of courts to yeah. stand between us and the the evil that they are going to yeah. rot, I, bring exactly. upon this country. So that's, I mean, that's just a given. That's, yeah. And I'm already prepared for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, he, he will go crazy. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a very good chance that Joe Biden... Uh, would step down midterm so that do you really think so i think that would be a scandal i don't know that he would do that well i, I, I have a I, I don't know that he would step down um unless he had a real genuine health right. issue that would make that uh, the case mm-hmm. i don't think that he would step down i definitely think that he would start to you know he has also said he would only serve one term he's well, been I, very blatant right about but that, i think that so. it would be about it would be about health and it wouldn't be about dying or anything like that but it would be whether it was true or not. He could stay say I'm stepping down. Okay, I always try to look at this through the eyes of Obama, because I mm-hmm. feel like Obama is is so realistic and very smart about how. The I mean, obviously, it's like you said when he came into office. It's not like racism never existed, but the under the scab was ripped off and the underbelly was shown, and so, you know, we I think that he understands very clearly. Um, how America deals with women. And like if it, if it were me and I was running Joe Biden's campaign, I feel like what I would say is, dude, you got to step down midway so that this woman mm-hmm. can prove herself because she will lose in 2024, uh, you know, depending on who they... Ch- I mean, what if Nikki Haley comes on? You know what I mean? What if they choose Nikki Haley? Yeah. As a, I don't know. There's so many fucking horrendous... Um, just horrendous and, and and I know it would be that would be two women and I don't know if the GOP would ever put her up but whatever they do it's going to be that much harder for this woman whoever she is whoever he chooses it's going to be that much harder if she's a black woman it's going to be that much harder because she's black it's going to be that much mm-hmm. harder because she's a woman so it's like she's going to have these things stacked against her because we have this fucking racist sexist nation that doesn't trust women that doesn't even give black women the benefit of the doubt when you know women in general but i mean can you just there's articles that come out that black women go to the hospital and they say they're in pain and they're just basically not taken seriously nobody gives a shit Mm -hmm. you know i mean it happens with white women but it happens more with black women so it's like to get this country to rally behind a woman or a black woman i mean i believe the democrats can do it but, you know, the rest of them, like the independents and, the, and all the Republicans, like all the Republicans who are going to jo- vote for Joe Biden now, are they going to show mm-hmm. up if, if it's a woman? So, you know, well, it's like they didn't show know. up for Elizabeth Warren. This is my one when you were talking about Elizabeth Warren. Uh, I almost said, you know, yeah, she has a plan, but she was mocked for that. She was mocked. I know. For she, that, and that's plan. exactly the point. Exactly. She, she was mocked for listening to the people. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and saying, coming up with solutions, yes. being solution oriented. Yeah. So that yeah. that's why I feel like if we put up a woman as a VP and that woman is going to run in 2024, um, I think she would have a better chance of winning if she has the opportunity, I mean, sh- to shine. And so maybe the VP can shine. Maybe whoever he chooses for VP, he can say, look, I'm going to give you more power than any P- VP has ever had. And this woman can be very high profile. 
um, is that going to be enough? I don't even know if it's enough if she's the president for a couple of years. Um, you know, if, if Joe Biden were to step down for health reasons, um, if that would be enough. I don't know. I would hope so. I mean, everybody argues that Hillary won, and she did. She won the popular vote. But, you know, mm-hmm. everything was skewed because of all the disinformation and the electoral process and all of that. So while she won the popular vote, she did not win so it's like, our, our, you know, whoever's going to go up in 2024 is going to have that issue with the Electoral College. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, Russia will, will still be there trying to bat us down along with whatever the... So it's like, A, it's extremely important that we vote, f- we flood the fucking polls. It's going to be hard with the virus, but we have to flood because if we don't come out with a huge fucking victory, then the Republicans will take that as a message like next time, we can get them next time. If we beat the shit out of them, I would love to see like the Reagan map reversed so that mm-hmm. Republicans go, oh, we can't do this anymore and win. You know what I mean? But if it's this narrow margin and it's got to be and it's not just a presidential thing. We've got to be it's got to be the, the, the whole fucking shebang. It's got to be the Senate in a big way. We've got to keep the House and we've got to have, a, you know, it's got to be a big electoral win. And if it isn't, then th- I think the Republicans can just say, oh, we got a chance in 2024. We can do this. Right. Well, you know, one thing about the Reagan map, if you remember correctly, I mean, the Reagan map was so what happened with the Reagan model was so devastating mm-hmm. that it literally decimated the Democratic Party yeah. for years. Yeah. And I feel the Republican Party is really on the verge of something massive. Um, they've really painted themselves into a corner with Trump. Yeah. Um, because the truth is that um, a lot of people do support Trump because he has an R after his name, but yeah. they don't really support what he stands for, yeah. what he believes in, because most people really aren't that political. They just don't get it. They don't care. They're mm-hmm. not informed. They're just like bloody, bloody, bloody yeah. Republican, you know. Um, but the fact is that when you, with this whole pandemic, I mean, the truth is his impotence has become so obvious mm-hmm. in the last two months that it's like, People, uh, I think that it's really going to become a, a, a kind of a codifying moment for yeah. the Republican Party. Lindsey Graham, I mean, essentially he came out with this whole Obama gay something, something, something. Right. And Lindsey Graham's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Nah. I'm not even going with that one. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> You're on yeah. your own. Yeah. You know? And if you get Lindsey Graham to sort of mm-hmm. break ranks, I mean, that's just, you yeah. know. He's just not even, he wasn't even going for that. It was like, yeah, we're not going to have Yeah, I, t- I do think you're right. I mean, you're right, but it's like, I think it will really depend on the election results. And unfortunately, the election results, no matter what, will be skewed because of gerrymandering and whatever cheating they do. Um, but, you know, if we take, if we take, for example, the elections ever since Trump got into office, Democrats have come out ahead in big ways. And we've had, you know, big um, turnouts and it's it's been great for women. It's been great for Democrats. And I'm just hoping that we're and it, it seems like that's that's the thing. The only thing I, I'm not so much worried about Democrats voting. I believe they will vote and I believe they will vote blue all the way down. I, I just get concerned about whatever kind of cheating is going on, because, um, you know, who's to say they're not going to change vote totals? You know, it's like you mm-hmm. could have you could have. um the one person who gets the information online about vote totals 
that total could like they could have all the right information when they collect it but it goes into the computer and then they put the wrong number in even somebody even i don't know who this is i don't know 2017 ish i read an article or somebody had made the comment that imagine if the totals were to change right in front of their eyes like online like how Mm -hmm. much fucking scandal that would be how much turmoil we would be in if someone literally saw, but didn't, couldn't show you, but saw them changing. You know, I mean, there, there are so many things that could go bad with this coming election, and that's what's freakish. And, you know, I always like to say that this could be our last fair election. And sure, it's not going to be fair, but it's not going to be the kind of election we would have if we even had one if Trump gets a second term. You could just mm-hmm. throw it out the fucking win. It'll be Russian style, which means yeah. whoever, you know... Trump wants to win, will win, whether it's Trump or somebody else, um, or, right. Don, or Don Jr. or Ivanka, um, which I think it would probably be Ivanka. But um, well, also remember too that there are that there's there's only the federal election is is limited really to two people, the president and the vice president. Mm-hmm. There are state elections yes. that will be fair. That's and true. So I'm just I, That's I, true. I only bring that up because I want to point out that. The idea that somehow, I mean, honestly, our founding fathers were super smart guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk about this, about how he'll just basically toss out the Constitution. And, and honestly, at this point, there'll come a point where, I mean, I am not saying John Roberts wouldn't, you know, wouldn't bend over backwards for the conservative party. But mm-hmm. he does have his limits. There yeah. are, you know, yeah, he, he, does. Yeah, he does have his limits. And I don't think he would toss out the entire Constitution just to make Donald Trump happy. Yeah. Or to make Mitch McConnell happy. Yeah. Um, however, um, I also believe more of the danger comes with the whole Brian Temp model, where he basically yeah. just decides a bunch of these people, their votes don't count. Right. Now, h- how that's going to play out, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. Um, you know, the, the fact is that the, the votes that were tossed were tossed because supposedly people voted late because ballots went out late. Mm-hmm. In other words, he fucked up and then discounted everybody's mm-hmm. ballots. For his own fault. Um, yeah. And it was his own fault. Exactly. Well, his own fault. Not him, it wasn't but yeah. his fault. It was purely right. intentional. Right. Um, <laughs> because he really, right. really wanted to win. Um, the fact that that was even allowed to go on, that mm-hmm. he was not forced to step down from that position yeah. before he ran for office is a complete travesty. Yeah. Um, but, but how, you know, I don't worry so much about, I do, I believe that you're right. We absolutely need to flood, to flood the voting booth. Mm-hmm. There are safe ways to vote in person. Mm-hmm. There are safe ways to vote by mail. Most states are going to offer voting by mail. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to sign up for it. I just did. Period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always do anyway, mm-hmm. just because I like to take my time. When I'm sitting down with my ballot, mm-hmm. I have a saying, I make a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but but a lot of people haven't. They do like to go into the voting booth. Yeah. This is not the year to do that. The year to do, the year is to go, this is the year to, to vote by mail. Mm-hmm. If you have to vote in person, there will be, there are already tutorials on how to do that safely. Yeah. So let's just do it. If, if you want to do it that way, do it. If you you know, I'm, I've always been worried about voting machines, to be perfectly Me too. Uh, electronic voting machines, to be perfectly frank with you. Me I've too. never trusted them. And I've never so used my one. Pers- 
Huh? I've never had to use one. I've always had the the Chad thing. <laughs> right. The the punching the, the yeah. thing. But the other thing, too, is, you know, the idea that, I mean, we are kind of in a bit of a war. Yeah. And we have to be willing to fight and we have to be willing to keep fighting. And and I think probably, for, I don't know about for you, but for me, it feels like we've been fighting forever. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we've won for two terms. Mm-hmm. With Obama, yeah. it feel it felt like we were still fighting, yeah. and we shouldn't have had to fight. And actually, I remember having a conversation with you about this when I was living in Encino. We were talking one night. We were talking about doesn't it feel, even though Obama's won, this was right after he won, um, doesn't it feel like we're still fighting? And you were like, "Yeah, I mean, we just never really yeah. got a chance to take a breath." Yeah. You know, and now we're fighting our own people, and that's the hardest part, yes. you know. And when you were talking about how you didn't get progressive new, I will tell you, I'm going to try and say this so I don't have to name names. I have a very, uh, I have a, an acquaintance who is very close to people who are big in the progressive, aggressive progressive movement, mm-hmm. you know, the Bernie or bust, mm-hmm. that kind of thing who had their own show, who have their own podcast, their mm-hmm. own cable show. They are very big in that movement. And the day after Trump was elected, he's also part of that show. He's with their voice of reason. Mm-hmm. He showed up on set and they were literally wondering. They were like, they were feeling bad because they felt like they, they wow. like they hadn't set out to do it. Mm-hmm. For them, it was just a matter of, see, this is the part that kills me is I believe this is not really necessarily what they believe, but it's the way, it's the path they see success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for making money, exactly. In their, exactly, in their show, to monetize their political beliefs. Yeah. And so when he showed up on the set and they were like, God, do I have a hand in that? It's like, yeah, motherfucker, you did. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you had a hand in that. Sorry about my. <laughs> I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I actually saw a TikTok today that said that if, if 2020 was going to be narrated by anybody, it had to be Samuel L. Jackson because of the prolific use of the word motherfucker. <laughs> but it's like, you know, yeah, you had a hand in that. So own up to it. And almost immediately, they forgot it. Right. Yes, almost immediately. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And they're they're back to hating on the Democratic Party, which is the only thing standing in our way between uh, you know saving the democracy and getting a Russian style oligarchy, and and that's how we would live in America. And hopefully, hopefully, we won't have to do that. But you know, we'll see what happens. But I guess we should cut this down. We're we're now at uh, an hour and thirty four minutes. We could just talk all day. <laughs> I swear I could talk all day. I have to go. The I I, ha, I am happy to report that my kitty I I can smell from wafting across the room like from the other room. I can smell she went to the bathroom, which makes me feel good because I never know, you know, I never know what's going on with her. So I'm happy that she's went. So I have to go check on her. But I also I get to every uh, I go to the grocery store on Saturdays and Wednesdays. Those are my days. So just like you said, go a couple times a week because you get perishables and I have to replenish her cat food and all that stuff. So um, it's always good talking to you. And I'm finally I'm glad we finally got this thing scheduled and we'll definitely be talking again. Um, yes. And good luck on your book. I hope that you can, you know, find that motivation because I know how hard it is when you're kind of stuck and, and when 
when when we're going through such a hard time and stress and everything, it's tough. But um, but good luck on that. And you know what? Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Oh, um, it's um, my Twitter account is Amanda So. So it's twitter.com backslash Amanda So. Amanda S O. Perfect. So there you go. Well, then I will I will put your uh, Twitter handle in the description of the Patreon show today and then that was all that's awesome and just don't don't forget you can find me on Twitter at, and I'm not I usually do the outro by myself but today I'm just going to do it with Amanda because we've been talking for a while so uh, I'm at author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y don't forget you can check out my books on Amazon The Virgin Diaries Peyton's Choice Ain't No Sunshine and American Woman and thank you once again Amanda uh, it was great talking to you everybody stay safe and we will see you next time Bye, Kimberly.